This episode of Tinfoil Tales comes with a content warning and a reminder that this podcast is for mature audiences only. Alessa, I haven't been paying attention, man. The moon doesn't look normal. You keep the pressure on, correct? We stay until we win, is that right? At the moment, you're under arrest for incitement. Have you guys been following me? We're winning, folks. Okay, we're winning. We're pushing back the dark. You ask simply two questions to find a filthy Freemason demolet. Where did you go to school? Which primary school? Which high school? And who's your daddy? Okay, you guys right to go? Nine years ago, I visited the pub. Today, I will again visit the pub and resign as Premier, effective 5pm tomorrow. Thoughts of what life will be like after this job have started to creep in. That's not appropriate. It's time to step away. Rapidly. However, I will guarantee that Victorians across the state have the pub to call home. After all, what can be more important than that? In terms of what I'm going to do next, I'm going to play a bit of golf. I'm going to go through what will be a fairly challenging pile of strong beers. If you're going to do it, do it properly. If I'm looking forward to spending literally every waking moment thinking about beers, I will always be profoundly grateful for the honour and privilege of leading this very special place. That's my civic duty. That's what's most important. And that's what must be done. Beers. 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 Get on the beers. 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 Get on the beers. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tinfoil Tales. I'm Sot. Hello, listeners. I'm Sandy. And we are coming to you from the state formerly known as Danistan. May God continue to bestow blessings on our former dictator. The reaction to Dan leaving has been next level, with posts from all over the world celebrating his demise. And by demise, we mean his retirement and $300,000 a year pension. It doesn't. Sound too bad, does it? <laughs> Not really, no. I, I'd like to retire that way. Hmm. I think I know who won there. Um, yeah. But given that Dan's cashed up, he could head over to our Patreon and support us. Yes, what a shameless plug for our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Please visit it and check it out if you haven't already. Yeah, Dan, chuck us some money. <laughs> We'll talk more about Dan later, but let's catch you up on what else has been happening in the past couple of weeks. First up, Sos, I believe you have been out saving kids in your lunch break again, haven't you? Yes, I have. So a couple of weeks ago, I did duck out during my lunch break to take part in the global billion people march to save our kids. I was looking forward to it. I mean, who doesn't want to save the kids? And what better way to save them by marching round the CBD on a Wednesday lunchtime? (laughs) Couldn't agree more. I'm sure all the charities and agencies that work tireless to improve the situation for kids in Australia are so appreciative of people marching in the streets. So it must have been a big crowd, right? Right? Well, as I approached Parliament, I did start to get a little bit excited as it looked like there was a fair few people gathered at the very top of the steps and I thought, here we go. Wow, okay. But as I got closer, I realised that Parliament was open for tours that day and yeah, that's where all the people were there. Never mind, I thought, and lowered my eyes to the bottom of the sacred steps, and there were seven... T-thousand? Like, wow, what a great turnout! Uh, no. Huh? There were seven. Just seven. Oh. Seven adults. Oh, but there were two kids and one dog. Oh, wow. Uh, we're going to need a billion more, I think. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, I thought maybe I'm just early. It's only 10 past 12 and, you know, public transport can be a bit unreliable. So I went for a little walk and picked up some lunch and then walked back past them. Must have been about 12.30 and no, (laughs) no one else had arrived. Aww. What about the kids? Yeah, I know. People just don't care about the kids. 
So Melbourne's contribution to the global event wasn't great. No, that's not great. Sorry. But I'm <laughs> guessing it was better than the sunrise event organized by Captain Bardzai because he didn't even post a clip from it. And that can only mean one thing. Yep, no one showed up. Being big editor and anything, but I believe that God wants me to have the first say to put them on notice and the last say to fix up the day. Or not fix up the day, but get the message out for the day. We will not be discussing, listen to this. This is Ruddy telling us what we're going to discuss. We will not be discussing the Ukraine war, COVID, digital currency. None of that will be on the agenda. None of that will be spoken about from the platform. Who in the fuck are you? Let's talk about Worldwide Rally for Freedom, which this time around, much to some people's dismay, had been rebannered as a vote no event. First up, Sydney. So the lead up to their rally included a visit to New South Wales Parliament by Buddy Shillingsworth, recently found guilty of aiding and abetting arson at Old Parliament House, and Jennifer Stefanik, who was last seen trying to take over Aboriginal Tent Embassy with the remnants of the Canberra Freedom protesters. They were there as guests of sitting member John Ruddock, which is pretty bold. So John was listed as one of the speakers, along with both Shillingsworths, Glenda, that's Glenda with a Q, and Guru on the original posters. But the problem with those early posters was they also mentioned 5G, smart cities, and NATO. And then the story broke that Aussie Cossack was the person organising the protest from inside the Russian embassy. I mean, uh, it's not a good look. No, it's not a good look. So this led to a lot of distancing. Shadow Minister for Home Affairs James Patterson said, anyone speaking at or attending the rally should be aware it has zero support from the No campaign and is really an effort to recruit people for an agenda with no public support, namely Russia's invasion of Ukraine. He then went on to say, unless you want your participation to be claimed as an endorsement for wacky and extreme causes you don't support, <laughs> there are much better and more constructive outlets for genuine no supporters. Peter Dutton called Ooh. it, an abomination that people would be inspired by Putin to start with. <laughs> <laughs> the education minister, Jason Clare, said, on the yes side, you've got a genuine Aussie hero in Kathy Freeman. And on the, on the no side, you've got rallies being organised from inside the Russian consulate. So it was quickly turning into a shit show. <laughs> and then the posters changed. Only the voice was listed as a focus and Guru was removed, along with Buddy Shillingsworth. And a few more politicians were added. Oh, and they changed the meeting place. Originally, it was Town Hall. Now it was Hyde Park. All moves made to stop Guru from just speaking the truth, guys. <laughs> so, as you heard in the clip, Guru wasn't happy. God had told him he needed to speak and there was no way Ruddick or anyone else was going to tell him otherwise. He just wouldn't stop talking about it, saying that the People's Rally had been sold off for money to the politicians. He was offended that the Worldwide Freedom Rally had been turned into a one-focus event. You know, the thing I thought strange was his sudden interest in the whole Worldwide Rally for Freedom concept, which, by the way, Guru, it's what it's called. It's not the Worldwide Freedom Rally. <laughs> Every time he said Worldwide Freedom Rally, I'm like, oh my God, it's the Worldwide Rally for Freedom, for fuck's sake. <laughs> He's not great <laughs> with words. No, no, no. And like, there's been lots of them. 13? The Worldwide Rally for Freedom... <laughs> originated in Germany, I believe, and are held on the same day every two months around the world. These rallies usually draw a larger crowd and the most successful rallies here in Australia are usually the Melbourne ones, run by potentially a Proud Boy, not confirmed, but he does like to tell Proud Boys he's proud of them and while well, doing the white power signal on caught on camera. Anyway, Harrison McLean. These rallies are kind of a big deal. 
Yeah, and Guru's maybe been to two of them. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So the day rolled around and he was still very, very salty. You know, maybe when the politicians get on the stage, we all just turn our backs on them. If that's what you want to do, I'm not telling you what to do. Maybe we just chant guru, guru, guru until they give me a microphone and let me on stage. Because they're going to hold me out, guys. They don't want me talking to you people. One thing straight off the bat, they had a very professional setup. There was a stage, a huge video wall behind them, heaps of audio, visual gear, a platform for cameras, a bunch of people working as takes. You could see that some money had been spent on this. Certainly wasn't your normal guru organized protest on the back of a borrowed truck (laughs) with mics (laughs) that just cut out all the time. It kicked off with Buddy Shillingsworth, who had actually been removed, like we said, from the posters. If you don't know who Buddy is, he was kind of the leader of the protest in Canberra at Old Parliament House, Makara Camp, and as we said earlier, was recently found guilty of aiding and abetting arson. So Buddy is one of the elders that the movement likes to talk about who speak on behalf of their individual nations. This is not the case with Buddy. He doesn't speak for anyone other than the Shillingsworth family. It's the same for Cindy Roberts or Mebin Gary. She doesn't speak for her nation either. If she did, she wouldn't be walking with Brad and Jeff. She would be walking with other people from Bunjalong Nation. Ross Cameron acted as the MC, and it's great you pointed this out, Sauce, because the last time we saw him, he was sitting at the top table at (laughs) Simeon Boykov's Freedom Party. Now that I think about it, wasn't John Ruddick on that big table too? That big table. There's moments in this three-year campaign (laughs) that are just funny, and that big top table with them sitting so much higher (laughs) than everyone else. It was at the Freedom Gala that they had, and they also had Rukshan, Avi, and Craig Kelly, if I remember correctly. (laughs) I'm not sure sitting members should be in such close cahoots with someone acting from inside the Russian embassy, but the whole thing is bizarre and weird, a bit concerning to be Mm, be factual. Right after John Ruddick finished his speech, some signs started to appear in the crowd. One said... Guru, guru, guru. Another said, let guru speak. different things. It's hard to give everyone everything they want all the time. That's the challenge of democracy, is how do we make these decisions but still stay united as one people, as one nation. At this point, it's just noise around people wanting Guru to speak, a handful of people at the front of the stage yelling out. But we will get back to that. Then it was time for Glenda to take the stage. Bear in mind, she calls herself the leader of the Pepe Army in Australia and is self-confessed Q-pilled. So what were the actual chances of her sticking to the no vote, you reckon? Uh, None. Uniting together for the same purpose because we all want to be, belong, we're all sovereigns. That's going to unite us. What about the vaccine injured? That too. So I want to talk about some really important documents I have on my hands here. This document is a charge sheet and summons, which on the 26th of January last year, 2022, I personally delivered to the Governor-General David Hurley and Scott Morrison face to face. They've been crickets ever since. So what's that telling us? If they were innocent with 66 charges against all these politicians, I'll read their names. Scott Morrison, David Hurley, Margaret Beasley, Linda DeShow, Hu Van Lee, 
Kate Warner, Paul DeJersey, Janet Young, Kim Beasley, Gladys Berry Jackley, Dominic Perrottet, Dan Andrews, Anastasia Palaszczuk, Mark McGowan, Peter Gutwin, Michael Gunner, I heard he's a Gunner Gunner. Andrew Barr from ACT and Vicky O'Halloran, but that's just a short list. So what were they charged with? Oh, it's a long list. Treason, child abduction, child trafficking, child abuse, forgery, fraud, impersonating an officer of the Crown. Oh, the list went on and on. And I know what you're thinking. This is big news. Why haven't I seen this on the news? And now that I think about it, wasn't Dan Andrews supposed to be locked up already? <laughs> oh, paperwork. If there's one thing that they love, it's paperwork. <laughs> Glenda got actually quite technical in her speech, talking about one of the most common phrases used by common law adherents. Notice to agent is notice to principal. Notice to principal is notice to agent. Basically what they mean is that because they have served the politicians which is agent to principal, the people served have to then serve it to everyone they have authority over, oh the principal to agent part. And if they don't, that is further proof of their treason. I was actually surprised how much time Glenda got on stage as after the event there were a lot of comments mm. made that her mic had been turned off and that she had been cut off. I didn't hear her getting turned off at all, did you? Nope. But one of the other champions of the freedom movement is Dave Onega. He's been up to his eyeballs every time freedom is at risk. Dave is there. Please welcome Dave Onega. Hey, folks, that's Dave Onega's. Make some noise, Sydney. <laughs> Dave Onega. <laughs> he went on to talk about how those who promoted getting the COVID vaccine now promote yes to the voice. Magda Shabansky, Celeste Barber. Well, I would like to also point out the fact that the people who promoted no to the jab are now no to the voice. So that point is mute, Dave. <laughs> then he went on to say that he doesn't know anyone in the no camp who has been paid. Meanwhile, the stage he's standing on was apparently funded $100,000, unconfirmed, but come on, it had funding. And the stage at Epic was given funding and the many donations, merch sales, speakers' fees and political donors. You and your camp are being paid to promote No Dave. You just choose not to see it. Don't pretend that your camp is any different than any other political movement. So then the last speaker of the day was everyone's favourite failed furniture salesman, Crackers Kelly, who just continues to hang around these people as he knows that they are his constituents. So what about Guru? Well, as the strains of the trumpet playing, we are Australian could be heard. At the side of the stage, things were kicking off. I don't know. Well, you tell me the people want me to speak, and uh, I'm not allowed on stage, mate. I was all right to promote it. Get it all out there. He actually got and, invited. Until, until the politicians uh, threw in a hundred grand and decided they owned the people's stage, mate. What are they doing on a worldwide rally? A worldwide Freedom Day, and they've stolen the rally off the people, mate. So, is it, is it a, so you're here for the freedom sale for the no? I'm here for the mate. I'm here for the people, Rob. You know that, mate. You know me. All right, I'm here for the people, bro. Nothing more, mate. No politician. No fucking no nobody except the people, mate. That's all I stand for. So all the live streamers had made their way to the side of the stage by this point because everyone knew that something was going to happen. That clip is Guru and Avi, who just looks like so disinterested in whatever Guru is saying. He's not even looking at him. He's like looking over his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. And Avi gets way more excited speaking to a lefty than he did speaking to Guru here. <laughs> If you missed it at the end there, that was Guru saying, I love it, straight down the lens of the camera. Such a vanity exercise. I don't know how they can't 
see it in this guy. Anyway, it was getting a bit hectic. The space at the side of the stage was pretty small and there was lots of people coming and going. So the story goes that Roland Crystal, ex-cop from New South Wales turned truther, contacted the police and told them to come. I highly doubt that. Like I said earlier, this was a pretty professional setup, so I'm sure he was wearing an earpiece and most likely said into the mic that there was a little bit of unrest and could someone come down. I'm sure they had security there, so it was most likely them. But it's way more dramatic to make it sound like the police have been called, right? So after no luck getting on stage, Guru led his followers round towards the front of the stage. My ears are bleeding. (laughs) So he has a crowd of maybe 25 people around him and he was just trying his hardest to be the main man. Meanwhile, the rest of the crowd are just starting to leave. He was just saying the same stuff. I've been silenced, blah, blah. You can't keep me quiet, blah, blah. Listen to the show tonight. I knew it was going to blow up, but anyway, that's cool. What happened? So what happened? You got here... So what's happened in your life? Yep. Okay. So what's happened is is really is um, Cossack rang me up a while ago and said, you know, you're going to go on the poster and speak, and I went, yeah, of course I am. Cossacks in Sydney, mate, I'll be there. Yep. And then I saw one come out with um, Rake on it, leading the march. So I rang Cossack and I went, what's going on, man? You know, you can't do what you know, this or that, but. <coughs> I just said to him, what's going on? And he's gone, what do you mean? I said, oh, there's a poster out there for Ruddy, fucking reading the march. Like, what are we doing with pollies? And he's gone, oh, no, no, I've got a few politicians coming. I went, well, that's a good idea. I said, seriously, we need a little bit of backup and some politicians, a couple of politicians would do the crowd good. Because, you know, like people, we, we got to get talking to them. Yeah. we got to, you know, so I was all for it. Then I find out there's another two politicians coming in, another couple of politicians coming in. Then, they're trying to control me because I got the mouth. Yeah. And um, anyway, I got a, I got on a phone call. I'm gonna tell you as honest, guys. I got on a phone call with Cameron, Ruddick, and the Aussie Cossack. Yeah. And they tried to control me and tell me what I could do and what I couldn't do. And I told them to go and get, you know what? Yes. So um, now it's been every man his dog trying to chase me down, telling me to cool it, don't do any gear. I'm not speaking. The Aussie Cossack's not speaking. I said, but the people, you know, should get what they want, you know? I said, how can we let politicians come in and spend $100,000 on a worldwide freedom rally day and hijack it? Get your own friggin' day. Go and put, and we'll back you up. Mm. We'll be here for you. Mm -hmm. But don't come stealing our show and telling us what we can talk about, who can talk, and what's gonna go on. And you've just seen the result. So, you know, we're here for unity, guys. They're up there spruiking unity. Yet 90% of the crowd wants me to have two minutes and I can't have it. Where's the unity? Mm, It's not about guru. You guys know that, man. I'll stand for you fucking Australian people all day, mate. People who speak about themselves in the third person (laughs) really should stop. One thing I noticed watching the live, and I mean, I hear it when I listen to Guru's show sometimes, but I really saw it at this rally. It's Mel who actually controls a lot of what's going on. She chimes in when he stumbles. She tells him what to say. She was instructing Beck to be louder on the megaphone or move around the front. It's very, very noticeable in the video that I watched. Well, you know, every man needs a good woman 
that that's right tell them what to do and what to say what to think especially if you're a man like guru anyway <laughs> so it's nearly two weeks later and he is still talking about it but hey he doesn't want division guys okay yep no division here so as we said the worldwide rally for freedom happens all around australia so we will quickly check in on a couple of different towns so first up brisbane the home of the People's Revolution, led by Tricky Triddy. So after the day started with speeches from local Indigenous elders, he just couldn't help himself, had to bring it back to those banking families. Just before the minute of silence, guys, we also want to dedicate it to the warriors of the tribal people that died defending their home for a foreign invasion. But we also want to dedicate it to the Australian men and women of the Anzacs, the Vietnam vets, that also died in what they thought were also protecting their home. I do want to make a point though, which is in reality, without those soldiers picking up their guns, the wars cannot exist. There's not one war that's ever been fought that has benefited the people, not one. Every single war has been controlled by the banking families. Every single war has had both sides of the war played. And it wasn't for money. Those powerful people know money has no value. They print it. It's a power of control. But the Vietnam vets, the Australian soldiers, the Anzacs, they weren't aware of that. So in their hearts, they had courage and compassion for the people, and that's why they fought for us. And we will respect them today as well. Wait, so what happened to the silence? Did he have it? Well, things got a little bit off track. He started to play some audio of the story behind the song, I Was Only 19, and then they played the song. So it kind of turned into a celebration of the diggers for a little bit, which was a bit weird, but then eventually they did get back to that minute silence. One thing I noticed... Tricky was tending to the fire that had been lit for the smoking ceremony during Welcome to Country. Tricky is not an Indigenous man, so he shouldn't be doing that. Like, that's actually ceremony and should only be done by First Nations people. We're going to talk about a similar thing that happened in Melbourne a bit later, too. You're very good at saying no. Do you trust the government? Do you trust the corporations? No. Do you trust education? No. Do you trust health? No. Do you trust legacy mainstream media? No. Where are you, how are you going to vote in four weeks' time? No. How are you going to vote? That was the voice of Hoodie, who was at the Perth rally. And I've got to tell you, Perth love Hoodie. He oh. is a superstar there and he can draw a crowd. He's a rock star. But it really sums up the legacy damage this movement is doing to communities. Distrust everything we tell you to distrust, basically. Big Rick was also in Perth for an Australia One meeting. He attended, but he wasn't allowed onto the stage. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Cindy Roberts was also there. Stay tuned for an upcoming episode on Western Australia because it's a microcosm all on its own and we're going to discuss all of this at that and time. And I am looking forward to it. <laughs> it's going to be great. So that brings us to Melbourne. So we actually went along to see if Worldwide Rally for Freedom could still draw a crowd and to see if any of the old heads showed up. 
So we don't try to estimate numbers because it doesn't matter what one you say, someone tells you it's wrong. So let's just say it was more than show up every other Saturday in Melbourne and a lot less that were showing up in its heyday. In terms of speeches, they were either vote no from people like Morgan and Harrison or don't vote at all <laughs> from the Darren Bergworth camp. Walking up there and actually accepting their authority by thinking that we need to vote. And we simply don't. Remember we spoke about Tricky tending the ceremonial fire? Well, in Melbourne, we had a didgeridoo player called Martin, and he is from Vietnam. That's right, he's not an Indigenous person at all. He came over in the 1970s, and while it's wonderful when anybody finds an appreciation for a culture, especially the Indigenous culture here, there is an etiquette to follow, and while I am not an Indigenous person, I am a white woman, I won't claim to know all about the Indigenous culture at all. In fact, I have heaps to learn and still learning. But I don't think this is following proper etiquette at all by having a non-Indigenous person performing ceremony on behalf of Aboriginal people. Where were the local Aboriginal groups who supported this rally and why were they not there performing the ceremony? I don't think they even had any, to be honest. <laughs> But from my understanding, the proper etiquette before a meeting or gathering of people is to perform a welcome to country in a smoking ceremony. This is what happened at the Invasion Day rally that I attended, which was facilitated by many Indigenous people having a say about something that affected them, while us non-Indigenous people got to listen. This whole voice referendum is to discuss Aboriginal affairs and what is right for them. But to me, at this rally... It felt a bit more about what the voice meant to the freedom protesters gathering there and mm. why they wanted us to vote no. You know, land grab and all that stuff. But there was one Indigenous representative there, I think he brought a mate, and he gave no reason for voting no at a vote no rally. That's because he promoted an alternative. This is my place and Darren Bergworth's favourite, King Yulikai who spoke of why he didn't agree with the referendum at all and that instead they should unite with him and their Indigenous brothers and sisters and form their own alternative community separate from the current system. If that is sounding familiar, that's because King Yulakai spruiks the same rhetoric as Darren and my place and in fact they work together, forming their own tribal councils and the People's Council to run their society away from the fictitious and corporate government bought and paid for by the US. Yes, we are in Sovsit territory now. Mm. So every now and then, we do tend to mention names like the Shillingsworths, David Cole, Cindy Roberts, the original Sovereign Tribal Federation, amongst others. And we often talk of doing an episode that delves into this a little bit more but we're also very conscious of the fact that we are not Indigenous. We would love to do a collab on this with a First Nations podcaster. So if anyone knows anyone, hit us up. Please. <laughs> and you've all heard of LORE, L-O-R-E, from the freedom movement. It's a common phrase they use as a way to infer solidarity with Indigenous voices. But really, it's just another LARP. They never talk about the real issues like deaths in custody or infant mortality rates or health outcomes. They just want to talk about fictitious governments and corrupt courts. Tom Tanaki has a good video on his YouTube explaining the difference between sovereign citizens and the black sovereignty movement. We highly recommend that you check it out. As we have mentioned previously, this crossover between people from OSTF, that's the original Sovereign Tribal Federation, and common law folk in the movement resulted in the Makata camp at Old Parliament House. What their working relationship looks like now, I am unsure. But King Yulakai does speaking to us throughout my place for a small fee and even has speaking engagements coming up in Western Australia. He has created a new flag and now has a following of, let's face it, mostly white people from my place. So King Ulakai has been around for a long time. It's certainly not a new thing that, that's, you know, he's worked up with, with Darren. 
Um, he had a embassy, loosely calling it an embassy, on the outskirts of of Melbourne a few years back until until they were evicted. And he also claims to be the king of three hundred nations, but yeah, we're going to have to look into him a little bit. We're going to have a little. We're going to have a little. Yeah, we don't want to speak out of turn. Um, we, we'll do some due diligence ourselves, and we might talk about him somewhere down the track. Ah, uh, yes, but we have questions. Correct. Anyway, <laughs> so the rally was actually quite interesting in that way. Mm. It felt a little bit fake-ish and yeah. yeah. Anyway, it was a bit off. I would agree. It was very entertaining. It was. I mean, I was entertained from the start because one of the first speakers was was the Prince of Pale himself. Um, and <laughs> yes. I, I, I did very much enjoy the fury that was rained down upon him by Team Trump, who firstly were annoyed that this protest was happening at all because they're like, we do this every week and you guys are just going to roll in and tell us what's going to happen. I don't think so. So there was already a little bit of beef with Harrison before it even started. And so when Morgan started to speak, they were just like banging the drums so that no (laughs) one could hear him and shouting, there's no money here, Morgan. There's no more grifting for you. Where's the money? Where's the money? And then they ended up getting shouted at by the rest of the protesters. This was all while they're holding up signs that said no division. (laughs) (laughs) Together united will never be divided. Okay, got it. (laughs) So I like that just because anything that happens to Morgan makes me laugh. Uh, So I had a little bit of a run-in with somebody. Now, the thing with me is if I'm in these spaces, like I don't troll people. I'm actually really nice. (laughs) I'm really nice to people. Um, I just prefer to be that way. But I decided to do a ring in a favour for a friend, a Twitter friend, who had been um, lately talking about uh, over on Twitter about Jay Hernandez, who's been looking for an unvaccinated girlfriend. It's been quite funny. It's a little bit cute, whatever. He's got terrible views. That's the only problem with Jay. But uh, so I decided I would try to capture Jay on my camera. So as he walked past during the march and I was standing on the side, I was like, hey, Jay, thinking I'll just get his attention, maybe a wave. Well, that wasn't exactly what happened. <laughs> so Jay, I go, hey, Jay. And he was really excited. I said, is that you? Are you from Telegram? And he's like, looks over at me, gets so excited, comes up to me, hugs me. <laughs> so I can say officially I shedded my vaccine onto Jay. Um, <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then he <laughs> did a little message into the video saying, you know, always fight for freedom and off he went. Are you live? I've seen you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not live, but Have I'm a good one, guys. Stand for freedom always. Woo-hoo! Thank you. <laughs> so anyway, that was well out, well and truly outside my comfort zone, but actually yeah. not the first time I've been hugged at one of these events. Yeah, you got hugged by the ladies, didn't you? The free hug army ladies. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. MGG, Michael Gray Griff's hug yeah. army. Yeah, they were actually really lovely ladies and I felt yeah. really, really uncomfortable comfortable for them because they were hugging strangers all the way yeah. down Melbourne obviously unvaccinated this was in the height of the pandemic it was pretty yeah. I was pretty concerned I actually haven't yeah. seen them so I hope they're okay look there I, there definitely was a good feel I felt to the day yeah. like I think a lot of people were happy to see each other um Matt Lawson was there so you know everyone was you know shaking his hand and patting him on the back even we did we said hi Matt how's your yeah, feet well done. <laughs> Well done, mate. So off we went doing our doing our steps. Now, by the way, I think that I think that we can now tell you that to do the loop that they did, so the worldwide rally for freedom route, which is different now to what the other two Saturdays do now that they've split the city in two, was <laughs> a little bit over seven thousand steps. Yeah, it's a good hike, isn't it? Yep. And I tell you what, walking up that hill at the end, back to Parliament after doing that, poor. <laughs> Except we didn't walk back up there. We kind of half walked and half ran. So why would that have been, Sandy? Why were we half walking and half running 
to get because back we to had Parliament. A, we had a bit of a surprise, didn't we, throughout we did. the march? <laughs> we did. We had some, we had some visitors. Oh, yeah, some boys in black. Those naughty I little guess. boys. Silly boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have it on good authority that they were actually there the entire time. So yeah. that was actually interesting. I have to say I was about halfway between the marches and the Nazis standing up mm. on the steps and I happened to be looking over towards the marches and they were stopped and you could see Harrison he'd stopped and I'm like oh Harrison has a choice here what's he going to do is he going to mm. guide them all up to the Nazis or is he going to stay back oh Harrison's got a choice And he did the right thing. He stayed back. And then I'm watching them and then suddenly they all break out in cheer. And I'm going, oh, they must be cheering on the Nazis are there maybe. (laughs) But then I looked back over to the steps and the Nazis had been pushed off by the police and that's what the marchers were cheering for. Of course they were. They're their sacred steps. That's right. They wanted to be up on the steps. That's why they were... That's why they were cheering them getting pushed off. Yeah. Because <laughs> they I, wanted the steps. <laughs> and they also, like, let's face it, like, so credit where it's due, I, I like that. And Jackie Dundee bloody told them off. <laughs> she, <laughs> she did. <was> she <laughs> did tell them off. She, she marched did. right up to them in her big speaker. Bah, 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 bah. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? But um, I think it was because of optics, right? Because if they had marched up there and stood beside the Nazis, well, that would have been the end of their movement. Correct. I agree. I think there was a few moments of optics. I think we've all seen, you know, the old soldier man, John, talking to them, but he was actually just telling them to take off their masks. (laughs) He Mm. wasn't telling them they weren't welcome. He was saying, take off your mask. There was a couple of people down that end, though, that really were giving it to them, you know, that told them they weren't welcome. A woman was yelling that they were cowards. Then there was the moment, like you say, with Haz, even though just before that is the clip with Haz calling out, going, not not today, Tom. Chill, Tom. That's right. I didn't see that until afterwards. Chill, Tom. So Yes. And I also do also need to add here, um, when – the Nazis had announced themselves down the bottom of Burke Street and everyone was kind of gathering around. There was a bit of back and forth. Some people were yelling at them saying, we didn't ask you to be here. Yeah. Yep. And I did manage to speak to um, one of the protesters. He he doesn't seem to be a figurehead in the in the protest or anything, but he was just there. And he, I, I straight out asked him, I said, well, what do you think about that? And he was like, it's bullshit. I don't approve of that. That's not what we're yep. here for. So, and as well, I think again to give them some credit, back down there at Bark Street, just when they came in the mall, they really did put a fair amount of distance between themselves and the guys holding the banner. Like yeah. they were very quick to get round that corner and try and put a gap between them. Um, so it looked like, yeah, they're not with us; they're on their own. Yeah, and again, and like for with followers or listeners who are listening at the moment who may not have seen the pictures or anything, the banner that they had said it was a large white banner and it said, 
voice equals anti-white. So it's mm. very racist banner. Yeah. And again, you're right, like Jackie was telling them off and people were like, well, get out of here. But then also there were some things that Tom Sowell was saying that freedom people were like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, yeah, it's, you know, yeah. But credit where it's due. We do they, like to be, try to be fair. They absolutely this time were very well aware of what was going on versus last time when this happened. And it all looked very friendly. And we gave them a lot of criticism for that, that they all were very friendly with them this time around. They just didn't want to be seen with them, which is a step in the right direction. Um, they were sharing the steps already with them, with the Correct. Boys. They just didn't realize it. But yeah, they yeah. were with them the entire time. So they were sharing the steps an hour before. And so, yeah. But we did have a legend yes. who decided to give it to Tom yes. Sewell. A hero. And the boys. A yeah. hero in a, green, in a green jacket was, was, was born on Spring Street. Read sources of news that don't just Because I'm Turkish and I'm Jewish, right? Is that right? Fuck, man, one word triggers you boys. Yeah. <laughs> one word, Jewish. Well, they don't oh, like Turkish that. as well, that makes it worse, right? Yeah, they don't like it. Cool, anyone. so because of, because of something I don't get to choose, what about you're judging me, is that fair? Catholics? A Catholic I'm not Jewish. I'm, I'm not even Islamic. Deny what? Who am I to fucking sit down and discern that, mate? Let alone fucking make a banner and march it as truth. You're fucking living in a fantasy, bro. It's a fantasy, bro. You fucking, like, I don't understand. I'm perplexed. He doesn't want to change my mind because I'm Turkish. Used to be a soldier, didn't you? Hey? Used to be a soldier, right? So what did you fucking stand up for? For this country or for white people? What a fucking joke, bro. Sorry? Use your megaphone, man. I can't fucking hear you. Okay, what are you looking to do? Get rid of me? What am I doing in Australia? Mate, I didn't get to fucking choose. I was born in Carlton. So what, what then? I have to be like, oh, you know what? You're right. I'll, I'll leave. Is that what you want? Basically, yeah. And you think that's fucking logically possible? You don't think the infrastructure of this country would fucking fall over if people from migrated backgrounds? Sorry? Sure, sure. So, but we're talking about Australia. So what happens if you get rid of all the migrants? What happens if you get rid of all the migrants? What then? You get to jerk off your white boys altogether. Is that what you get to do? What the fuck is the point? This, this fucking country is built on migrants, mate. It's fucking built on migrants. In fact, your government that you fucking fight for migrated thousands of migrants back in the 60s and 70s for free and they paid for their fucking education. You are the fucking minority, my friend, and you are a weak, weak man, and all your fucking boys, all fucking 20 of you, have got fucking nothing, absolutely fucking nothing, snatching flags off people that are just here to express themselves. You're all a fucking joke. You're all a fucking joke. Yeah? Find an actual reason to fucking hate on me, mate. Oh, you're Turkish, you're Jewish, our oh, job done. Fucking ignorant, dumb and dumber, fucking pieces of shit. Pieces of shit. What? I'm only here to make sure that other people know it's okay to tell you to fuck yourself. Good day for a lot of people who've been uh, struggling for the last couple of years. Tuesday, the 26th of September, will go down in history as the day Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews resigned. You've probably already heard the wonderful news. Dan Andrews, the Premier of Victoria, has resigned. But here's a message to Dan Andrews and to all the other state premiers. We will hound you down and hold you accountable for your dishonest, deceitful and inhuman treatment of Australians for the last three years. We will hold you accountable. I have 
a message for Daniel Andrews, and that is, you can run, but you can't hide, because we are coming after you. It might take us five years, it might take us 10 years. We might forgive some of the things you've done because we don't want it to weigh on our minds and souls, but we're not gonna forget. We're gonna come after you, we're gonna make an example of you. I'm one of those people, and there are many more. Good luck to you. Hey everyone, hope you're well. Great day today, obviously. Dan Andrews has resigned, uh, effective 5 p.m. tomorrow. I don't know why tomorrow, just go today, seriously. People don't want you there. Well, people, we've got reason to celebrate today. Get the champagne out, or whatever it is that you drink. Dictator Dan, the tyrant, the deceitful, the brutal, the vindictive. So many things I would like to call this man. The man responsible for the death of 800 peoples in this country has resigned. And as I said to you before a few weeks ago, the tyrants are abandoning ship because the walls are actually closing in on them. So that was just a few of the well wishes Dan received. You heard Hoodie, Teeny Tiny Malcolm, Mon Mon, Matt Lawson and Pat Mercedes of all people. In amongst the joy, there was a lot, and we mean a lot, of calls for putting him in jail and or putting him to the gallows. Then we had the post claiming it was a clone and that the real Dan had been shipped to Gitmo a while ago. (laughs) So we decided to take Dan's advice and head down to Parliament to get on the free beers provided by the bloke hidden in the Russian embassy for assaulting an elderly man. I have to be honest here. I was a little bit disappointed in the turnout. (laughs) I mean, there was a fair few there, but I thought it would be packed. Like I thought it was going to be like double the size that it probably was. Me too. And I was very sad that Thanos wasn't there. I know. Was he? Like I would have loved to see him have a moment up there on the steps. Oh, I tell you what, it was a great night. I'm glad we went. Yeah, me too, actually. Actually, I'm glad yeah. we went. It was great <laughs> just to see, like, they were genuinely happy. It was and jovial. In good spirits and having heaps of fun. And they were all, like, catching up and dancing and singing. Like, it was, it was terrific to be there and actually get to see a moment. That was a huge moment for them. No more Dan Andrews, one way or the other. You know, sure, they would have preferred that he lost the election, but he's gone, yeah. and that's just such probably a huge weight off some of their shoulders. Yeah, and, like, there were some um, kids there and stuff, and everybody, like, honestly, I think there was some concern about giving them all these beers and maybe they'll riot and all this stuff, <sighs> but I was like, no, I don't think so. I mean, everyone's happy. Like, what would they riot about? Like, he's right. They did, like happy. I said to you, they didn't riot when they were doing Kill the Bill, and that was at the height yeah. of it when, you know, they were furious about things and they were on those steps for, God, how long was it? 24 hours a day. Yeah. So there was just lots of music. There was a lot of singing and dancing and, I don't know, I, I call it, Bogan. I don't know if that's the term, but like Bogan behavior. Hey, look, that's my upbringing. So whatever. (laughs) And um, yeah, no, I did not have any beer. I was a bit upset that there was no wine for the ladies. I could have. Although Harrison had a bottle of champagne, so you should have asked him for a glass. No, thanks. (laughs) And where was Lizzie Rose? And Lizzie wasn't there. We were looking for her because she said she was going. Correct. I wanted to go and ask her if she heard our podcast. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I like. I thought that it was great. You know, like they cleaned up after themselves. They went and got bins. They went and speak to the cops to see if they could get access to some bins. They cleaned everything up before they left. It was harmless. Yeah. And the, there was heaps of dogs there to give pats to. It was dog heaven. <laughs> and we also had our... Um, little faux Indigenous man, Martin, so the Vietnamese yes. Martin. He, he was yeah. doing there, he was playing the didgeridoo, he had an Aboriginal flag on his back, he was smoking everybody out. <laughs> with. I tried to catch him, I was chasing him, I wanted to be cleansed. You know how they had the it's, sage? It's thing? not right. It's just not right. Yeah, he was like cleansing. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, 
But I'm glad we went and I'm glad that they got a moment to get it out of their system, have a win. But you do know that, like, it's going to go to the next politician and the next one after that. Oh, yeah, that. for sure. Like, and they're, they're never, they're never going to, f- I mean, you only need to look at what to do in media's clips on Twitter where he asked people, you know, what do you yeah. think should happen to Dan? And everyone apart from one person who said, I think we should just forgive him and move on. The rest <laughs> of them didn't say that. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, no, no. Like they're not getting free passes here. Like they want him dead. <laughs> there is Correct. a... There is like a, it's been like this weird parasocial kind of relationship that they've had with Dan Andrews over the last three years. Like they just vehemently hate him. It's personal. It's really, really personal. I mean, yeah, well, we're going to add a clip at the end of this where we've got Danny and Lila who are just sitting there fantasizing about all the ways that he's going to get murdered. (laughs) Like it's pretty bad. Like that stuff is intolerable. I mean, I don't really care how yeah, much I you agree. hate a politician like politicians are politicians you be un- yeah. impartial at best like I didn't mind Dan-, Dan Andrews he made some mistakes I know he wasn't perfect all those things I'm quite impartial to him but I don't, certainly don't hate him yeah I don't think that we should you know love or loathe any politician no. to to the degree you know that you know there's some accounts on Twitter that just everything you know a politician not necessarily Dan but anything that their side of politics does is great and the other side does is bad and vice versa and politics isn't binary there's no it's not like you can you can vote labor and still be really annoyed at some of the policies that labor bring in you can like the liberals but still get angry at the way that they are an insipid opposition yeah yeah but there's been so much rhetoric about Dan oh. Andrews being a dictator and like these guys have based their whole identity. Like they hate it's it's Dan Andrews and it's the vaccine. <laughs> like Yeah, correct. That's correct. it for them, isn't it? Yeah. Weird. It's very weird. It I is find very it very strange. strange. <laughs> mm. Mm. When he resigned, I was like, Yeah, okay, cool. Like, well, all right, we'll get to get another one. Like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that brings this news and views episode to a close. We hope you enjoyed it. It has been a chaotic couple of weeks, to be honest. Hopefully we'll have our Western Australia episode ready for you soon. We are keen for this one as Western Australia has a very interesting movement and one definitely worth talking about. (laughs) If you like what you hear, please give us a review or share us on your socials. I cannot explain to you how difficult it is for self-produced podcasts like our little one with no corporate elites helping us it is really fucking hard we don't get the soros bucks where are our soros bucks you know and like the last podcast the sasha stowe one like we literally released it and then dan andrews quit (laughs) and it was like oh took your thunder all that work that took you like two months to put together and it took me a week to produce it (laughs) so please please help us by sharing this on your socials or recommend it to someone or something and as we mentioned earlier we have a patreon up and running so head over there to check it out just search for tinfoil tales on patreon to find us or check the show notes out for the link there's three tiers of bosies colored hats the first tier is the green hats where you give us a tip to tell us you like our work and want to support us Blue hats give you access to a Patreon community where we blog and share stuff, including visuals for the episodes. And white hats, they save the podcast from the new world order and are very, very cool. (laughs) They get the Patreon community, the blogs and extra content and a monthly extra chatty episode from us while also suggestions for further episodes. So come and join us. We are going to leave you today with a little bit of a chat between Danny Searle and Lila Malky. 
just be warned, it gets a bit wild. See you later. Bye, Dan. Yeah, Dan, watch your step. We were so happy in my office today. The whole office was like, oh, my God, he's gone. <laughs> we're like, who? Dan Andrews, what are you talking about? Yeah, he just announced it literally, literally within four minutes of finding out about the announcement. I was so, the whole office was fucking celebrating. Yeah. We were just so, so It was around 1.30. 1.30 is when he held the press conference. Yes. And no one, even other Labor people, didn't even know he was going to say it. So he kept very tight lip about it, um, which is typical of Daniel Andrews. He's secretive about everything he does. So that didn't surprise me either. But, well, yeah. You know? I just see he, he can't escape his he can't escape his fate. He's a dead man walking. Like I don't give a fuck yeah. what anybody says. They will if if justice wasn't served the way it was meant to, he he can't use the police anymore to be his security guards. To he's gonna have to use no. his own money and he's going to be earning obviously he's going to continue earning a pension from all the taxpayers' money ongoing, what, for the rest of his fucking life? Yeah. Well, I'm sure some people, some taxpayers are going to be like, no, nah, mate, you ain't getting my tax money anymore. We're taking you out. I'll guarantee you that's what's going to happen. Yeah, well, that's what I said earlier. He won't be able to walk the streets. He just won't. Right? He'll be heckled and booed and, and probably assaulted, you know. He just will be. And his house will be vandalised and, you know, people will throw shit bombs at it and all sorts of stuff, right? So... I don't think he's going to be able to live in Victoria anymore. I really don't. And, yeah, nah. there's consequences for actions. And what, what, what I want to do, there was a compilation of all the police violence. And remember when they were at Victoria Gardens, that's what I was remembering, and they were using those kettling techniques to basically kettle people in to block yes. them off and then just went in with the batons and just started flogging people's senses, yeah. right? Yeah. And I remember that. And they used those Mossad mercenaries to do yes. it the ones with the red writing on the back yes right so these are riot cops that were specialized trained in military style riot control right that he brought in as mercenaries and i know that for a fact right this is not some conspiracy theory yeah no you're and right. i'd like to find i'm going to hunt down the because people made compilation videos of all that shit i want to find that I, I just want to try and spread it everywhere to remind people this is what happened under this prick right he yeah. was like a tyrant he was a bully tyrant that's what he was and so every time they want to fake news want to say what a wonderful guy is on, on twitter and shit i'm just going to start posting that video to them yeah. saying oh yeah this is your man yeah. this is your man yeah yeah, yeah exactly exactly yeah nah, he's uh he's not going to be safe anywhere he goes online in real world even if he goes to china job done they'll just be they'll just be like okay we don't need you anymore yeah but you exactly. know it's funny it's funny because just the other day i was listening to my boss talking about how um once upon a time i don't know if you guys know the story about uber that when the officials for uber went to go and try to sell uber into china well china arrested them <laughs> and they said, we aren't releasing you until you give us the software and pay us $200,000 ransom money. Yeah. 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 So they'll get what they want in the, in the dodgy ways that they do it. So now that they've, he's, he's been used as the, as, the, as the ugly, big-eared fucking piece of shit that he is, the puppet, they don't need him anymore. No. No, and when that, people no I believe that too. So. They're disposed of. That's right, exactly. And don't forget, he knows too much. He knows where all the bodies are buried, as we say. So yeah, I believe that too. But I, I think he'll probably end up in China, where he'll mysteriously have a heart attack or something. You know? Yeah, yeah. He, he took his life. Yeah. It was too much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's right. No, I, I don't. Uh, uh, I think the next biggest celebration is the day we find out that he's been unalived. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, yeah, I don't think, I really don't think he's going to live a long life. Like, he's 51 now. He'll be lucky to make 60, I think. I'm serious. That's mm. what I believe. Oh, mm. I might be wrong, but I just think that. But, you know, it won't be an assassination, like an obvious one. He won't get shot or 
or anything like that. It'll be yeah. a heart attack yeah. or a brain aneurysm or something or, you know, it'll be something like that. But they, they've got technology to do that is what I'm saying. It's like yeah. when I say they have a heart attack, CIA had heart attack guns in 1973 because yeah. they had the church inquiry, right, where they admitted it under a Senate inquiry that, yeah, we've got these heart attack guns, you know, that we use, right? So there's other Matt, ones I, I use. Him, if I was him, I'd be finding somewhere to hide, like somewhere to live yeah. on a secluded island, a, 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 a third world country where if nobody fucking knows me, I'd change yeah. my appearance. <laughs> And I would completely change my name and never have anything to do with the outside world ever again. Yeah. Oh, that would be the smart thing to do. But the guy's a narcissist, and you know what narcissists are like, well, right? Yeah. They, they yeah. have to be in the limelight. They have to be, you know, relevant. They just do. They, they can't not be relevant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so his hubris yeah, will be his that. undoing. Yeah, his hubris will be his undoing. A hundred percent, I agree. Green. So this is going to be interesting, just watching. Like, we've been waiting for this day for nearly four fucking years. Yeah. So it's it's going to be really interesting to uh, watch the aftermath and yeah. how long this, uh, what's her name, Jacinta? Jacinta Price, how long she's going to survive? Alan. Jacinta, Jacinta Allen. Allen. Jacinta Allen. <laughs> yeah. Jacinta Allen. How long is she going to survive?